0: So, we oftentimes are attracted to the field because we love animals and we don't really like people. So...
1: I <laughs> feel like I should have gone into that. <laughs> A
2: lot of head nodding like, mm-hmm,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of PierceCast. Today, Tony and I are joined by Markiva Contras. Markiva is a professor of the veterinary technology program here at Pierce College. And not only are we going to learn about the program more, but we're also going to learn about the animals looking for their forever perfect homes. So I am very excited about that. I hope you can hear it in my voice. So without waiting any longer, Let's get started.
2: I'm curious, because um, this is my first opportunity to, uh, to spend some time with you. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, uh, what, what is your story that brings you to this work? And what, what are some of the stories that, um, that you find that brings students um, to this program?
0: That is um, kind of an interesting story. So thanks for asking. Uh, I am from Tacoma and I went off to Bellingham for my undergraduate degree at Western Washington University. And then my husband and I moved back to Tacoma and I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do with my life. And I learned that there was a veterinary technology program at Pierce College. This was back in 1990. And so I wanted to do something in the sciences. I wanted to do something with animals, preferable over humans. So this seemed like the perfect opportunity for me. So I came into the program at Pierce College, town in the basement where we have been ever since, in 1990, graduated in spring of 92. Went out, started working as a veterinary technician at the um, emergency clinic, happened to pick up the phone when it rang one night and it was our program director. He was calling for a completely different reason. But I had um, heard that the hematology instructor that I had as a student was not returning in the fall. And so I asked the program director, newly graduated person from the program. if he had found a a hematology instructor and he said no. And I asked, could a vet tech teach that course? He said, yes. And I said, could I teach that course? (laughs) And he said, yes. And so um, I think it was because he was really desperate. School started in two weeks and he didn't have an instructor. So I very naively walked back into class um, and, pretended that I knew what I was doing and um, taught hematology to uh, students that were first-year students when I was a second-year student. So there wasn't a whole lot of Um, I wouldn't say even respect. There was a lot of raised eyebrows, like you seriously think you know what you're doing. I did not know what I was doing.
2: Where preparation meets opportunity. That's right. Live in in that moment.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so then they weren't able to get rid of me ever since. So I started teaching part-time in 92 um became full-time uh tenure track in 2001 and um tenured in 2004 so there's just no getting rid of me
1: (laughs) well it doesn't sound that bad (laughs) (laughs) what are your favorite favorite parts of the program what are the top three
0: things if you oh gosh top three things Um, Well, I'll have to to start off with cats. Uh, I tend to be a cat person. I love all the animals that we see um, on campus and we have on campus, but cats are probably number one. Uh, I think it is the interaction with the animals and then also our dedication to the profession that we see with our students
1: do you now um a student who would start this program how long does the program last and then is the end result that they then um take the exam to be become certified as a vet tech or what does yes. that look
0: like yes so I'm our sorry. program uh, once they student is accepted into the program and we do have a competitive application process. So once they're accepted into the program, it is two academic years um, length. They do graduate with an associate's degree in veterinary technology and that would qualify them to sit for the national board exam the national board exam is called the uh, VTNE, which is the Veterinary Technician National Exam. And once they pass that, in the state of Washington, they would also have to go through an application process Um, successfully complete an open book jurisprudence exam on the practice act and the laws and the regulations that govern us in the veterinary profession. If they're successful in all of those things, then they become licensed as a licensed veterinary technician in the state of Washington.
1: And do they have to renew that license every three or
0: five years It's renewed yearly uh, and the expiration date is that individual's birth date. So that's easy for them to remember Um, or sometimes not so easy to remember (laughs) that it's expired, but um, it it is renewed yearly on their um, birth date. And we do have a continuing education requirement for relicensure, which is 20 hours um, every two years.
1: So what are some of the courses that vet tech students will take? And what are some of your favorites to teach?
0: We have a very small program. There are only two full-time faculty members. I am one of them. And Dr. Hurtado is our program director, and he is uh, the veterinarian on staff. So there's two full-timers, and we have two adjunct faculty. And that's it. Um, so Dr. Hurtado and I, um, teach a lot of the, the courses. I tend to teach the laboratory courses, um, a lot of the lab skills, um, for our students and, um, hmm, finding out my favorite subject. Oh my gosh. It's kind of, it's kind of gone, um, varied over the years. I guess I would say currently my favorite, um, would be hematology, which is what I started off with. Um, and also behavior, animal behavior.
1: So what are some of the, um, the topics that you cover in animal behavior, for example?
0: Well, that really segues into um, our animals that we have on campus and the fact that we have a few animals that are uh, looking for homes at at this point. So each year, um, we we have to discount the pandemic because strange things happen. But our traditional um, program, every fall, we would bring in um, 12 to 15 dogs and 12 to 15 cats. And they would live um, on campus for the academic year. And they would um, help our students learn their hands-on skills. We can teach a lot of um, what veterinary technicians need to do via diagrams and models and demonstrations, but there are some skills that they need to be proficient in that there is no substitute outside of the the live animal and getting to know animal behavior, um, being safe, um, being able to um, become efficient in their uh, hands-on skills. So our our dogs and cats stay on campus um, all year. Our students participate in their care um, with a couple of different classes. So um, first year students have a class called ward care where they come early in the morning or stay later in the afternoon to clean and make sure the animals are fed and watered and exercised and so on. They also have a year long um, animal behavior course that uh, I teach where they spend a lot of their time, it's considered a lab class. So they spend their lab time um, interacting one-on-one with the dogs and the cats with the emphasis on um, the dogs learning basic um, cues um, what used to be called commands uh, and some behavior training so that by the time the dogs are ready to be adopted out at the end of the year uh, they have those basics down they know how to sit they know how to stay sometimes they do a recall um, but they know how to walk on a leash and and so on so um, the interaction between the students and the dogs is really something special to see. They spend a lot of their time with them and a lot of our our students might not have any experience with owning dogs or training dogs. So we also see their growth over the year. We see the dogs um, really flourishing. We see our students um, gaining confidence in their skills. So it's great.
2: And that was, that was part of the question that I was asking about as far as like the student stories, what brings, what do you find brings students to, um, your program, and along their journey, uh, where do you see students um, growing and triumphing in, and what areas do you see students um, struggling a bit and and maybe needing more support?
0: Sure. So our program is a professional technical program. Our goal is to train um, our students to be uh, competent licensed veterinary technicians, as well as professional employees. So it's it's one thing to have the hands-on skills to be a licensed veterinary technician, but we want them to be successful in the profession itself. So it's kind of a twofold thing where we have the hard um, hands-on skills, essential skills that they learn, but also the softer skills of responsibility and professionalism and how to be a good employee or colleague um, to our other um, co-workers. So I kind of joke throughout the program, uh, veterinary medicine team members tend to be um, unique personalities so we oftentimes are attracted to the field because we love animals and we don't really like people so (laughs) I feel like I should have gone into that
2: (laughs) a lot of head nodding like "Mm -hmm."
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I know I understand But I would say that is the the main thing that attracts students to our profession, to our program, is their love of animals. I've asked our students to really think beyond that initial response, especially when they're going out to interview. That's an understood thing. We know you love animals. What's the other reason why you're here? And so some of the answers that they give me um, has been, uh, they do like the science uh, end of things. Things are different every day. So they're constantly learning new things. Um, They like the idea of being able to help um, animals who oftentimes cannot communicate what the problem is. So those seem to be like the three top reasons why uh, the students find their way into our program.
2: One of the things that, um, that I hear coming from you <clears throat> is that you have a, a really unique position in that you have stewardship of um, the animals and you have stewardship of the students that, uh, and you're and trying to take care of and grow both of them at the same time. It's a very special, um, place to be. And I'm, and so I wanted to talk about, um, it's what it sounds like. One of the outcomes is, uh, is a thriving pet adoption, right? So you're, you're bringing in, uh, these pets and the goal is to, is to ha- have them adopted into their forever home or a a home that's really stable and so I wanted to hear more about um that design how that's set up and how that's how that's coming
0: along sure sure so um when our um cats and dogs come in over the period of the year that they're with us uh they are all vaccinated, spayed or neutered, and they get a dental cleaning. So by the time, oh, and they're microchipped. So by the time we're ready to adopt them out, they have had a clean bill of health. They've had um, some of the, the necessary procedures done for them. They've had their uh, behavior course so that they're knowing that the dogs are, knowing their basic skills. It usually is around May that we adopt our animals out. We decided to adopt them out earlier this year just because we don't need them as often in class. And we're trying to limit the amount of time our students are spending on campus still with the pandemic that's going on. So we thought we'd we'd um, adopt them out a little bit earlier this year. So um, over the years, Our students, because they spend so much time with the animals, they end up adopting them before they're even released out to to the general population.
1: I can understand why.
0: Yes, yes. And so um, we allow our students and alumni to have first first dibs on the animals. Then we put it out to the Pierce College community. And what's really great about the Pierce College community, especially those folks that are on Fort Steilcomb campus, because they see our dogs out and about getting walks and, and our students working with them, So we have repeat adopters in our Pierce uh, College um, community where they wait until spring because I'm looking for a dog. I'm looking for a cat, but I'm going to wait until spring because I know the vet tech program is going to have um, animals available and some of them will scope out the dogs. Um, Check them out as they're they're out and about. Introduce themselves um, and and then wait for for the uh, pet adoption week. So um, so it's it's wonderful. Faculty, staff, um, alumni they they keep us in their in the back of their minds. They they know we're going to do this every year, and um, they come looking for some really good companionship
2: you have access to uh netflix yes have you seen or are you aware of that show um uh pet stars no so when you have an opportunity uh check out pet stars it's it, the premise is there there's this um talent management group uh, duo that seeks out uh influencers so they look so so, right so there's the some pets have very high uh, social media uh, um, followers so what they do is uh, anytime they have a a pet adoption event going on they'll seek out uh, influencers to advertise and and get the word out for the pet adoption based on those so so you might be able to grab a few um, you know tips or 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 trade trade yeah take to the trade from from a show like that.
0: Oh, thank you. I will definitely
1: look that up. We'll get some influencers from Pierce College to to come out and see the animals. Absolutely. So,
2: so Nikki's got ulterior motives. Yeah, has.
1: see. <laughs> <laughs> I can't meet them because then I will want to bring all of them home with me. And uh, <laughs> I only got a certain amount of room in my car, so... <laughs> But I'd love to then uh, talk about the animals that you still have looking for their homes. So maybe someone listening will uh, find their perfect match via this podcast.
0: That's great. That's great. We have two dogs um, that are still looking for homes. We have very handsome Ronald Weasley and a very, very lovely Hermione Granger. I've heard those names before. Uh, Yes. So, um, so Hermione came in with her, her name. Oftentimes we will have um, our second year students will decide on a theme and they will name all of the pets um, that year based on that theme. So since Hermione came in with her name, Hermione Granger, it was kind of, Fate to have to follow along with um, that Harry Potter theme. So that's what we went with this year. Um, we had all the Weasley brothers. Uh, we have um, lovely Harry Potter and Jenny Weasley who are getting adopted together, which just <laughs> is um, wonderful if you know, if you are familiar with the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway. Um, Hermione is a lovely, um, a little on the shy and quiet side, um, but she loves to snuggle. She would be the type of dog that is glued to your side when you bring her home. She might not even let you go to the restroom by yourself. She'll probably follow you there, too. She doesn't necessarily get along with, um, other dogs, especially other females. She is all right. And she has her friend Neville Longbottom who she loves, but, um, she does better with male dogs and is, especially if the male dogs are a little bit more on the submissive side. So she doesn't like big boisterous male dogs coming um, around, but she certainly um, can tolerate and likes some of the male dogs, but she would not be good with another female dog at in the household. We do not know um, how either one, Ronald or Hermione would be around cats because we've not introduced them to cats. So if I'm looking for the perfect home for Hermione, it would be um, someone who doesn't have any other pets in the household. And that I think she would just bond really well with the human owners and would make a really great companion she is um, athletic, so she could be a good walking or hiking dog. But because she tends to be dog reactive, she would need to be on a leash. So no off-leash parks, no um, off-leash hikes and things. But I think she would make a really good North, Pacific Northwest companion. I was just going to say, she,
1: the Pacific Northwest is a great spot to be a dog. It is. It really
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. Ronald, um, he is so handsome. He's probably one of my favorite dogs just because of his, his looks, but also his personality. He is, um, more energetic than Hermione is. He is um, bouncier. We talk about how he might need to get his zoomies out um, before he settles down for training and whatnot. So having a big fenced in yard would be really great for him so he can run around and he can bounce around and do things. Um, He also uh, likes to snuggle. He is great. In fact, we had him in a lab yesterday and the students had, uh, they were sitting on the floor and he was laying on their lap on his back, just soaking up all of the attention that they were giving him. So he, he has energy, but then he calms down and he just loves, loves to snuggle. He is also um, pretty protective about the person who's walking with him. He tends to announce that there are people in the area. So um, we kind of call that a stranger danger. If he doesn't recognize you, he's going to let you know, oh my gosh, there's someone approaching you. Um, He's never been aggressive, but he is allowed (laughs) um, a a barker when um, people that he doesn't know uh, are coming near. It's always good to know that. Yes. Yeah. It's more of a, an alert thing rather than an aggressive uh, thing. So those are our two dogs. Um, Ronald also, he doesn't like other boy dogs. He does okay with females, but he doesn't do well with boys. So if you had a female dog at home, he would make a good companion. If, He could be the only dog at home. I think he'd be really happy um, with that and just the human companionship that goes along with it. Again, we don't know how they do with cats.
1: Something that's really great um, from this program and from the constant interaction that you and your students have with these animals is you get to know them so well. And so you know what kind of home they would thrive in.
0: And that is our goal. We do really want to try to find the um, perfect fit for our, our dogs and our cats. Um, but yes, letting them know what their personality traits are or what things they, you know, what their strengths are, as well as where they might need to um, do a little bit of work <laughs> with them. Well,
2: speaking of fit, and environment. Um, tell us a little bit about the facilities and how they've changed or how they're going to change, potentially.
0: Oh, they're the going imp- to change.
2: Yeah, and the impact yes. that, that might have on um, on the animals and the students and their ability to um, to, to kind of bond and, and do what they do.
0: Yes, so we um, are currently down in the basement of the Cascade Building where we have been for more than 40 years so our our new facility is the new glacier building that is um, in progress uh, across the street from the cascade building and is definitely double the size if not triple the size of what we're used to and I'm very excited about that for our student areas. We're going to have two labs instead of just one. We're going to have lots of room to um, spread out. We have student study areas and so on. And the facility is just gonna be beautiful. But I'm thrilled about our um, animal housing areas. And we did really put a lot of time and thought into how we wanted to improve um, our our animals' lives. So with the cat facility, we're going to have a large picture window with lounging shelves underneath the window. So the cats are going to be able to um, jump up there. they are going to sun themselves they're going to be able to look out um, the window at landscaping we hope that they're going to be planting pacific northwest plants but also things that would attract bees and butterflies so that it will give some enrichment to uh, the cat so they're going to be able to watch the big outdoors we also have um, instead of regular cages or kennels we're going to have um, three-story cat condos where they're going to be able to go up and down vertical space is important for cats uh, and so this will give them some enrichment being able to move around a little bit more and be able to find a perch that they might like and and be separate from their litter box and their food and, and so on. So we're really excited about their their housing, but probably the most exciting thing is the cat wall. So the cat wall is modular where you can arrange shelves and steps and boxes on there. So the cats can climb up and they can lounge and they can do all sorts of cat things um, on this. I want to say it's six or eight feet wide um, modular cat climbing shelf. So um, we're, we're thrilled. Um, with the dogs, they are going to have indoor outdoor runs. Where um, we're going to be able to um, put them inside and close the doors so that for safety mm-hmm. purposes at night and when we're not on campus with them. But during the day, when we're on campus with them, those doors should be open and they're going to be able to go in and out. The outdoor portions of the runs are covered, so they're going to still be protected from the weather, but they're going to get fresh air and they're going to um, be able to have more space and to move dogs. around when, um, during the day. We also will have a larger um, off-leash arena that is attached to the the dog runs area. So um, when students are working with the dogs, if they want to bring them out, they're going to have a larger space for them to be off leash so they can play fetch or they can do their training. And um, they'll still be taking them out on campus for their walks, but we just have a, a better larger area where they can be off leash Um, they have to be on a leash when they're out walking on campus
1: just see dogs running around campus while you're sitting in class (laughs) so now who are the cats that are looking for their forever homes
0: Yes, yeah, so we have three cats that are left that um, are are looking for adoption. Um, so I'll start with Thanos, just because she is um, so charming. And so yes, Thanos, I know has has um, he
2: blipped a whole know,
0: you know
2: universe, but whatever. Yes, That's-
0: yes, and, and and was not a, a very nice character, but this Thanos is a lot better. Is she? Yes, the multiverse yes, she the multiverse is, is a different right different. there you go there you go she is charming she is um someone who would prefer to be in kind of a quiet environment Um, She's not very active. She gets along well with the other cats, but she's not very playful. She doesn't really engage with them. She would more prefer to um, be next to you, not necessarily on your lap, but next to you. She doesn't necessarily like to be held and cuddled, you know, like kiss all over the face and things, um, but she's not going to push you away if that's what you're insisting on doing. Somehow, the cat, uh, the um, students found out that she loves this stuffed turtle, and we have called it her emotional support turtle. It will be going with her when she goes. Uh, But she snuggles with that all day. She sleeps with it. She sleeps on it. Um, She just loves that turtle. So um, that's Thanos. And she, like I said, she's just charming. Uh, Jazzy is younger and uh, more energetic. And in fact, um, one of the students was describing her as a little on the spicy side. So uh, (laughs) if you are looking for someone who is going to um, keep you entertained, then Jazzy is gonna be uh, your cat. Um, She likes to run around in the tunnels and she likes to climb on things and so she's she's just more of one of those active cats she um has been known to let folks know that she's not pleased with them that she's tired of their attention (laughs) she's never used her claws that she has it tells it um, like it is padded people to let them know, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with you. So, um, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, an energetic, uh, cat that tends to get along with other cats. So if you have a cat at home that you're looking for a companion, she would be a good, um, option with that. Um, honkers. Oh my gosh. Honkers is the sweetest thing. Um, he is big and fluffy. He is a long haired cat and he's a big cat. He might need what we call a sanitary cut on occasion where we just do what we call a lion cut where we shave off all the long fur, leave his long mane on his head and on his feet and on his tail. Um, But he can do with some more regular grooming than what he is um, typically wanting to do for himself. He loves to sit on laps. He loves to headbutt and he can get um, pretty um, ferocious with his headbutting and like demanding that you pet him um, by banging on your arm or your hand or your face um if if he's nearby so he's very very affectionate loves loves his human attention he's adorable he's adorable he sounds like a big love bug for sure he he really is yeah (laughs) Yeah. how much does he weigh you know he's one of our bigger ones um i want to say he's about 12 or 13 pounds okay
1: yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the photos of the animals. They are just all so cute, and they have gorgeous eyes. Yes, they do. And it looks like this photo of Honker. He's got that lion cut, doesn't he? He, d- he does.
0: <laughs> yes, and he was um, he was very proud of that cut. It's grown out a little bit, um, but he was very very proud of himself when he was sporting his new do. <laughs> like, look at my new style.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think this is a great time to drop a code word in here for our code word contest. Listeners, listen up. And Markiva, I would love if you picked what that code word should be.
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh, Maybe lion cut.
1: Lion cut. I like that a lot. So now, okay, I think I've got it right, but. You let me know. If you are looking for a cuddle bug, maybe Hermione, for dogs, Hermione might be a great one. And uh, she's also great on leash hiking. She'd be a great companion. Uh, Ronald, he's more energetic, but still loves to snuggle, right? So you get the best of both worlds there. Um... And then for the cats, we've got a lot going on. So um, Thanos, Mm. and she has her emotional support turtle. So you're getting two for one there. It's true. Mm -hmm. You're not just getting a cat, you're getting a cat and a turtle. Yes. (laughs) So that you're sold, you should be sold at that. And then Jazzy is active and spicy. Mm -hmm. And Honkers is big, affectionate, and very attractive and handsome with that uh, lion cut.
0: Absolutely, yes. I think you've captured them all. (laughs)
1: So now if someone, you know, was sold by my fantastic way of of, uh, describing them, but by everything that you've told us, which has been fantastic to learn more about them, where should they go? Who should they contact um, to meet these dogs and cats and go from there?
0: I would recommend that they email um, Deborah Wong, who is our program support supervisor. Okay at the Pierce College um, email. So her email is dwong, D-W-O-N-G, at pierce.ctc.edu. And she can hook up a meet and greet. um, And then she would also be the one that would be arranging for times for pickup because I know as soon as they meet these wonderful critters, they're going to want to take them home immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, Nikki, great summary. Uh, That was a great summary of of what's available. Markeva, (laughs) your passion for for the work literally leaps out of you, and I I appreciate um, the opportunity to be able to hear
0: from you. Thank you. I appreciate the time. I love talking about our program. I love my profession, and I love all of our animals and students that come through our
1: program. And we can see that for sure. So thank you again so much for being a part of the podcast and bringing so much knowledge and passion onto this episode. I really enjoyed it. And I want to say to our listeners, check out the episode description if you're interested in learning more about the veterinary technology program or one of the amazing adoptable animals. And we will see you on the next episode.